Hello and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is June the 14th, 2022. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Alex, we, we've we done it, sir. After a long, long effort, we can finally say that elephants aren't people. Yeah? Yes. How do you know that? New York's highest court ruled that Happy the Elephant isn't a legal person, rejecting an effort by lawyers to free her from the Bronx Zoo. In a 5-2 to two ruling, the State Court of Appeals found that Happy's lawyers couldn't challenge her confinement through a writ of habeas corpus or a legal means to determine whether someone's detention is lawful. That's our show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Thanks that's for going tuning on. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? How you been? Uh, I've been good, man. I, was last week the first week we've ever missed a show? I was thinking about it. It might be. Yeah. I, I'm, we're sorry to all the dedicated listeners out there, but we, last week was just a shit show. I was in Vegas for work. Frank was in the midst of a move. It was just a lot going on, so we're sorry. Glad to be back with you. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back, man. It's good to not be on the fucking road traveling for work. That was as expected. Yeah, amen. But it went well. Productive meetings couple good dinners but uh on the whole i was very glad to get home last friday where'd you go to dinner what was your favorite place uh the very first night we were there we went to some steakhouse that was inside the second floor of planet hollywood um i think it was called like strip strip steakhouse or something like that real bougie real dark lit kind of place a bunch of pictures of people on the walls and all that stuff and nice you know it's solid when like the lowest steak on the menu is like 65 bucks so that was and you're not paying for it that was the best part. right so right went with the uh i think it was 13 day aged steak and uh got the nice old-fashioned which had some house specialty bullshit but that was good. It was it was good. It was, it's it's always just good to order at will kind of. Like I, I mean you're you're conscious but my boss is pretty cool about that shit where he's just kind of like, you know, this is just kind of how it goes. These are these are how these shows work and, you know, you got to got to play with the big boys. So it's never really like uh it's don't order the $7,000 bottle, but other than that, it's it's pretty open and fluid. So that's always nice. Yeah, I love those business dinners, especially in Vegas because there's so many places to go eat. Yeah, right. And like you said, man, like it's 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 understood when you go in, you know, just don't make an ass of yourself, but you know, the menu is yours. Yeah. Don't look like a poor person either though. <laughs> you know, like, so I'll take the skirt steak, please. Yeah. So we, we did that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other dinners. We got barbecue one night, went to a sports bar the other night, like nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I was, I was on his ass. I really wanted to try to go hit a tacos El Gordo just, just to do it. Mm, it's right there. I know it is right there, but I couldn't, couldn't get him to do it. And then my favorite thing in Vegas is the wind buffet. Um, mm. I guess next time, maybe, or maybe next month when we go, but yeah, I mean, productive, good meetings. It's just like, I, I kind of got sick a little bit too. At, at the beginning of the week, we had like a little virus going on in our household and it kind of hit me hard, uh, on Wednesday morning when I was in Vegas. So that sucks. You never like want to feel shitty and then still have to like walk around a trade show, but it was good. Good, good, good. No complaints. How'd the move go? Oh, it's still going. Um, I just, I'm, I'd rather not talk about it. I'm over it. It's uh, moving is the worst thing in the world. So <laughs> did you do it all yourself or hire somebody? No, we, 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 we had like an overlap. We started in the new place on the first of June and then had till the fifteenth. Oh, nice. For, uh, you know, Wednesday to to get out of it. So it was a gradual move, which in theory I thought would be nice because we didn't have to like pack it all into one day, but it just made it probably 10 times more stressful because you're just constantly moving yeah and you know it's just like back it's like sunday i like finally got my old place cleared out so yeah it's good man the house is good uh just trying to get everything organized and and uh and comfy and ready ready for child yeah so that's that's the 
And, and yeah, I was telling Jacqueline, I was like, uh, next time we're thinking about moving, you should get pregnant again so that you also don't have to do any work. <laughs> it always works out that way, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Sarah has never even been pregnant during our moves, but she will, she refuses to help. It's, it's like, a, it's, it is, a, it's, I don't even want to say it's unspoken. It's spoken. She, she even hates packing as much. So I, it's always on mm. me. So I told her next time we move, it is we're hiring people because fuck that. I'm, I'm, we have way too much shit now since we moved into a house. We've accumulated right. way too many things. Yeah, we wanted to hire movers, but that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, we'll just save some money. Yeah, I have two weeks to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess we did save some money, but but you know, I'm not trying to ask her to do anything. You no, know, of I, she would do it. And then she'd always like jump in to help. I was moving something heavy. I forget what it was. I think it was like a mattress or a dresser or something. And, um, she would like get behind me or in front of me and like brace this thing that I'm carrying. And I'm like, what are you going to do if this falls? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not a good place for you to be. Move. <laughs> That's awesome. And you dude, so you moved, you moved a lot, like in the last two years, right? A like lot, two, three man. times. A lot, a lot. So the goal is yeah. probably to hold this spot down for a little while at least. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, it all depends. I don't mind moving. It's great. You know, get rid of a bunch of shit. Um, but it is nice to have some sort of continuity also. For sure. Yeah. Well, in the next one, man, cover the flight. I'm out there. I'm a cheap mover. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. If the fight is more expensive than the mover though, yeah, right. then I'll just, I'll hire somebody else. <laughs> I'm union though. So I, I need to take a lot of breaks. Oh yeah. Prevailing wages and all that. <laughs> yeah. Just smoke breaks, you know. Oh, right on. I can give you those. You know what? I thought we'd start today with something different. Cause I don't know if you've noticed everything's gone to shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, everything's <laughs> gone to shit. This is unofficial. This is from a uh, a Reddit uh, account. Let's just assume that these numbers are relatively accurate. This is price increases uh, since since last year, since this time last year, June last year. Gas is up forty four percent. Airline tickets are up thirty three percent. Used cars are up twenty three percent. Hotels are up twenty three percent. Suits are up twenty two percent. Bacon is up 18%. Oranges are up 17%. Tires are up 16%. Furniture is up 15%. Milk and coffee are up 15%. Bread is up 14%. Baby food is up 13%. Soup is up 13%. Cereal is up 12%. Eggs are up 10%. And dry cleaning is up 10%. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Fuck, man. And, you know, and I'm sure you know everybody is uh, eligible for raises, but nobody's getting a 15% raise this year. So it's, it's hurting everybody. Uh, the stock market has crashed, which is what happens when inflation goes up because cash becomes more expensive and people spend more money and they become less liquid. So they need to pull out equity where they have it. And the first place that people go, especially if you're just like a regular old Joe Schmo trader is you go to your stocks and you just pull out everything which is a terrible move. If you have any savings right now would probably be the best time to start buying. Anyways, I wanted to start off today by expressing gratitude. So Al, what are you grateful for? Uh, you in this podcast. Hmm. Probably should have been the first thing I said though. My family. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, obviously my family, my beautiful, healthy son, Walter, who's growing by the day, stronger and smarter. Um, my wife, and I mean, this podcast is, I love, I love doing this with you and my, my friends. I've been blessed with not a ton, like I, I've, but I will say the friends that I have are people that I would take a bullet for and people I would consider brothers and sisters. So I've been blessed yeah. with those kind of, of people in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I think family's a given, right? Uh, 
goes without saying family. Uh, I have a, you know, my, my, my girl's pregnant right now, which is awesome and very grateful for that. But, you know, as I'm going through this move, our, you know, we, our place isn't huge, uh, but it's not small either. And so the one problem we have is storage. And so we're having to donate a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Very grateful for the ability to have things to donate. I'm very grateful to be in excess of things that I need and uh, even more in excess of things that I've wanted and that I've been able to get. I think it's a very easy thing to overlook when you can fill up two or three big bins full of things to go donate and, and recognize that, that you, you know, we really do live a life of luxury, um, even in the midst of a terrible economic and market downturn, there's, uh, there's still plenty to go around. They're very, very grateful for that. You know, grateful to live in San Diego, grateful to attempt to afford San Diego every day. <laughs> uh, I, I do believe it's a tremendous opportunity. Grateful. Yeah. Grateful for where I live, grateful for, uh, being so close to the Mexican border and having that tremendous inclusion of diversity where I live. Uh, and, and I, I think I could spend the whole hour just kind of naming things that are awesome and wonderful about what I get to enjoy in my life. We're very blessed men, I would say very lucky people. I think so. And even, I think, uh, you could even look at your most dire moments, be it us or somebody else. And you could probably still find plenty to be grateful for as a member of this nation. So hopefully this jars you to think you listener, you out there. Yeah. You to think about what you're grateful for, because I think, uh, I think there's going to be a lot more pain coming, brother. I, don't, I think this is kind of the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean, from what I was seeing with e Elon's forecasting some really grim shit, man. Like, I mean, I'm not, you know, Elon's the end all be all of my life, but like, I trust the man. I think he's quite smart, and and we spoke about it a lot on the show. But he's kind of talking about a almost total collapse of the stock market, uh, and even the housing market, and, and a lot to come. And and it's just, are we too far gone? You like, do you think there's a route? back with with the current leadership in place and and a lot of the shit we're doing right now like I, I just don't it seems like it just keeps being more bad news whenever you talk about any of the shit you're talking about and it's not i, I don't see a way forward that's up first i don't either because i think what's going to happen is you're going to see in november the democrats are going to get taken to the woodshed yeah in a big 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 way that's not anything to celebrate because there's still politicians they're not going to you get a bunch of republicans in there they're not going to do shit why it's even worse is because you you still have veto power from the president so even if the republicans control the government they're not going to get anything through that they want to get so it's just going to be like a political stalemate basically mm -hmm. meaning the, what's the policies that are in place now are probably just going to continue to go on and and the biggest of those the the, the most painful of those obviously is the, the energy policies providing energy stateside not relying on on foreign actors and then waiting for you know global collapse of of markets due to russia or whoever so and and, and i think that's part of the point right it's not anything that somebody's willing to admit but the only way for example the only way that you curb inflation is that you make it so painful to purchase things that you stop purchasing things right the reason that inflation happens is because the economy is so great because things are going way too good, way too good. And there's not enough things to not enough uh, resources to keep up with the demand that the, that the consumer is, is, is demanding. So they have to put so much pain on you that you stop spending. And the way that you, they, the way that that happens is you raise interest rates. They, the fed said today, they're going to raise probably another three quarter percent, three quarter mm. percent. That's 
drastic, man. That's ridiculous. Haven't they been doing that too? You talked about that before. Well, it was half a percent. Okay. So usually when they raise interest rates, it, they do it a quarter percent at a time. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right. And and that, that even that, like even, in a normal, that Trump had a big old tizzy about it one time because they, they hinted that they were going to raise the interest rate a quarter percent. And he just was like, no, 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 no. Because his whole thing was get the economy rolling and, 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 and moving and investment and investment and investment and investment, which is because that's how you keep things going. And then obviously you, you stop the economy full stop for COVID and, and then the rebound is kind of what we're seeing now. So the way that you stop inflation is you incentivize people to stop spending the same thing that they're doing with energy policy. Right. You know, California was we're paying $7 gas and that's like average. Mm at least here in San Diego. So it's like, you know, in a way they, they, they don't want quote, want that to happen, but in a way they're ecstatic about it. They being the regime leadership here in California, it, it, it's to their benefit so that people can start looking elsewhere, EVs, hydrogen cars, what have you. So I, I think the point of this is pain. Yeah. I don't see anything. I, I really don't see anything stopping this until there's like you said, new leadership. That's uh, the the only thing I can see. But I mean, it, I mean, it had it has to be forecasted. Like I, he's got Biden and whoever else makes these decisions have people in the ears that like can forecast shit that's coming. So as inflicted as this may be, like or, or on purpose as this might be to curb inflation or whatever, when you see things like baby formula shortage, now mm-hmm. I'm hearing tampon shortage. Like mm-hmm. these are very necessary, crucial things that you would think that like, especially with with. <laughs> how like the a lot of like liberals and then the left think about like in, in more of a socialist way where everyone should have these basic things those i would think those two would be pretty top of the list when it comes to stuff like this so like if he does have any kind of forecasting like well how, how does this stuff kind of happen or like why would you let this stuff happen even though you're trying to push this greater thing with inflation it's a good question thank you it's a fantastic question i don't have an answer yeah right uh th- this time last year janet yellen who's the uh former uh chairman of the federal reserve chairwoman excuse me of the federal reserve and the current secretary of treasury under biden this time last year was saying that uh, inflation was transitory and everybody is like no <laughs> it's not transitory we we can see the pattern we know what's happening i just laid it out to you you have a ju- booming economy as strong of an economy as we've ever had leading up to COVID. COVID happens. We inflate the entire nation with tons of cash, and then we don't have the means to produce what we're trying to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 elementary almost, and they're saying it's transitory inflation. That's all political. So, you, I mean, I don't, I don't have the answer. I'm very cynical about politics in general, so if you needed to get an answer from me, my answer would be that this was insidious and that they absolutely knew that this was coming, uh, although it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's a necessary evil, and it's just something that nobody's willing to admit, obviously, yeah. if you're a politician. Yeah. Um, so, I man, they're having a real, real rough go of it right now. I did see on the uh, business front that uh, mileage reimbursement is going up. I don't know if it's different per state or if it's like a national thing, but it was 52 cents and I think it's going up to 63 cents a mile. Nice. Um, nice. So that's a small glimmer of hope in the business travelers world. If you if if so if you benefit from that, it's probably worth it to take a look at your what your company is offering you. Mhm. Because I believe, and then um, somebody might correct me on this, if your company offers you mileage reimbursement and you take it and it's less than the federal minimum, mm-hmm. then, then they're not on the hook to pay you that delta. Uh. 
you have to figure out what they what they're paying you. Like let's say the let's say the federal minimum is sixty cents. I don't know that's true, but let's just say it is. And then your company offers you forty five cents of the mile, and you accept it and you sign and you say yes, I'm good. Then you can recoup that fifteen cents a mile, but you have to do that at the end of the year when you file your taxes. Oh, that makes and probably track it right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Correct. Yes. So if you're in a position to negotiate a job and they're offering you something, I would fight for that federal minimum. But they also could say, well, we don't have to offer you anything and you can do this your own if you want to get that 60 cents. So my boss must be on the up and up because this is that was straight from the IRS. They announced it for five days ago that the final six months of 2022 will be at that 62.50 per mile. So that's good to know. I work for a, a solid employer there. Very good. Switching gears here. I have a question for you. A couple questions. Okay. But I want to start with this question. Because mm-hmm. I think this is the more important of the two. How would you define truth? Truth. I would say something that is objectively accepted and something that is universally accepted after being perhaps tested or it's tried and true through the years, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Was, uh, another way I would put that is that truth is what transcends time. Oh, damn. Like that. So for example, that flag behind me, that flag is made of nylon, right? That's a fact. In a hundred years, if that flag is unearthed in some box and it's in this state right now, it will still be made of nylon. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. That's true through time. If I die tomorrow, that, that flag will still be made of nylon. Rest in peace, me. You want? Are you saying you want to be buried with a Padres flag wrapped around your body? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I remember that. Yeah, and I'm a big dude, so you might need a couple. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's how you would define truth. And I think that's an important thing to define. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, uh, it's a phrase, it's overused, and it's very prevalent in our culture. And that's live your truth. I'm not a fan of that phrase. Because then it, it's, it, it, it suggests immediately that there are subjective truths, right? Mm-hmm. What is true to you may not be true to somebody else, which in a way, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's correct. But to say live your truth then assumes that there are multiple truths. Eh, I don't know that there's multiple truths. I believe there's nuanced things that have different facts in them. But to say one thing is true to somebody and is not true to another person, that, that kind of blurs too many lines for me. But there's different ways. I, I will say, though, that as a caveat, there's different ways to look at different things based on different experiences. That doesn't yes. make, necessarily make it a truth, but it, it does make it an opinion, you know. You know but but, but if, if, it, if we were, you know, just talking with any one random person, chances are high that they'll say what is I see based off my experiences is my truth. That's my truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just don't, I just don't like that because while it's true to me saying that it's my truth means that it's, that, it, that, it, that it's objective to me. Right. right. When it, when in reality it's subjective to me, obviously it's subjective based off of my experiences, right? The variables that led me to this one point mean that, that that's how I see this. Yep. And to say truth puts up a wall immediately. Boom. Big brick wall. That's my truth. You can't, you can't trespass this because that's my truth, right? When in reality, it's my experience. And if we were able to say something like, you know, uh, live your experience, I don't know, whatever catchy phrase, you know, uh, instead of using the word truth, then I think we might be more susceptible, that might be a, wor- a bad word, more open to different ideas. Because then we would realize that what is our, I, I can't think of a better word, 
now that I'm saying it, what is our truth, quote, truth is really just a, a collection of our experiences. Mm -hmm. And if we see it through that lens, then we might be less rigid about the things that we believe in, right? If we could come to also come to agreement of what is truth, right? What is what is hard truth? And I, and I bring this up because uh, we both watched the documentary, What is a Woman? Yes. By Matt Walsh. Um, and in that documentary, he goes to different uh, academics, different doctors, different psychologists, different people, and poses them all the question, what is a woman? And it's almost to a person responded with, a woman is whatever somebody wants a woman to be. And I think that's an interesting response. Yeah. No one could really give, even like high academia people that he's talking to couldn't really give a clear answer on it, which I thought was so interesting and kind of revealing at the same time. But it, it's, it's, he's talking to people of, of gen, like people that have degrees and doctors and gender studies and so many other things that are way above my head. And they spent much longer looking at this current situation and, and just right. years and years of all this. And no one could give him a straight answer. And he even he, he asked someone, he goes, you know what a cyclical answer is? And that's exactly what, what the guy was giving him at the time. He's, yeah. he's saying like just going around. a woman is whatever makes up and whatever that person wants to be a woman. And, and it's like, he goes, but what is a woman? <laughs> what is the answer yeah, to what is that? You're not answering me. And, and it's, it's frustrating at times to watch this because you just see like, you see something, it's almost like a social wave of support for something that's can't really be explained, I guess, or, or like, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. or broken down to a point where it really makes sense to people that aren't part of this community. And as just like a, conscientious observer just kind of watching it it, it, it was uh, I thought it was really well done like I, I don't think it, it was necessarily skewed one way or the other like obviously Matt Walsh has his opinions but I, I think he was asking hard questions but fair questions and to a lot of different people it wasn't all just like he was interviewing a bunch of people that were anti-trans or a bunch of people that were pro-trans like he was fair in his uh breakdown of everything i thought i thought so too i mean yeah like it's matt walsh right so he's biased yeah, for sure um he he calls it it's 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 described as like a a good faith attempt to answer the question what is a woman well when you're matt walsh in in this context there's really no good faith right everybody knows where you're coming from but to your point he was very polite it was not a kind of a gotcha thing he wasn't trying to put anybody in a corner he really truly and this is the reason i liked it so much he was just asking honest questions. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people had so much trouble answering them, I think was revealing. And that's why I asked you in the beginning of this, what, what, what is truth? Because I think that that wave that you're saying that, that this whole wave of what is being called acceptance is also taking language and truth and skewing them so that they are presented in one way, right? If you were to come to me and say, I'm a woman and that's who I am in, in my soul. So, okay. That's that's who you are. I accept you for that. And then you say, I'm going to go compete in women's powerlifting now. And I said, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's kind of a bridge too far because you're telling me how you feel. But on the other end, you're demanding that everybody also accept 
your definition of what a woman is wholly and completely and entirely. And that's wrong. And the reason that's wrong is because if you flip that around on the other end, you're never going to have a problem with that with men. Yeah. If a woman says that they're a man and we can accept that that's who they are and that's how they really feel, it will never threaten biological men. And me even saying biological men is now highly transphobic within these lenses because I'm not accepting all men as men. You could say a man can give birth. Really? Because w- what is true, what transcends time throughout time is is that's not the case. And now and now we're we're being not even asked, we're being told to accept that wholesale that all men are men and all women are women. And I think the point of this documentary was to say, well, there's tons of nuance with this and we can see that even if we were to accept somebody's genuine personhood as something that they're not, you a woman, me a woman, right? Your mother coming and telling you she's now a man. Okay, fine. I accept you for who you are. But in the greater context of all of society, to bend the the meaning of what a woman is, is highly, highly detrimental. And I think we could see tons of examples of that. I think athletics is the most prominent because it's the most physical. It's the most, it's the most obvious when it comes to genuine biological differences between men and women. And I think it does tremendous harm to women because now we're at a point where we can say all women are women. Well, if anybody can be a woman, then nobody is a woman. And that's not right. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, yeah. From what we've experienced. And uh, they had a transgender man who made a good point of when I die, you know, and they, they dig me up in a hundred years, kind of like what you said with the flag and the nylon or whatever. It's, they're going to look at that, at that skeleton and be like, this was a woman. And it's, it's like, I, I don't know why to me, it, it never makes sense why it's such a sticking point to like, say you're a man. If you're a woman, like I, you can have your sexual preference and you can do all these things. Like you can be whatever you want to be without having to like change the definition of what sex is, like what a male or female is. Like it's, it's okay to be like, you can feel like a woman still like in, and live out that life of being with men or being with other women or, or doing whatever you want without having to try to like change the definition of what a man or what a woman is. And then the point that they kind of made in this documentary is, is that like by doing this and by going down this path, Ron, we're confusing our youth at a really, really young age. Mm-hmm. And it's coming into the schools at a really, really young age and confusing all these kids that maybe feel left out or, or not part of the cool crowd and all this other stuff where they might not be, you know, transgender or gay or, or any of these things, but like because of how they're feeling at the time based on, you know, coming up in school and not being the cool crowd, whatever, then they hop on TikTok and they see all this, this huge community and, and these people that want to welcome them because they're different, which is, is great. But it, 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 it might just be this thing that's like kind of like socially, mentally like changing how our kids interpret the world in a way to where they're like wanting to make all these decisions on their body and surgeries at a super young age before they have any way to to really reason or really know what they want or or what their preferences really really are and he made a good point when he's talking to someone else and he about surgeries with kids and giving these kids drugs at it when they're hitting puberty and, and all these crazy side effects that they're finding now of these untested drugs really that were given to the kids to change genders and whatnot and, and block hormones. And he, he asked, he asked like, uh, when, when kids believe in Santa Claus, 
you know, at, at, a, at a young age, you know, up till eight, maybe 10, you know, whatever, like, you know, that's a fantasy, you know, to them, it's real to, to their experiences that that is real. And, and Santa's who brings them gifts every year. And, and they have this whole thing in their head. This is this fantasy and, and that's their truth, but it's not reality. You know, it's their parents going mm-hmm. to buy them stuff. So like kids who think like this or have recently thought like this, like they don't really understand reality or what truth the truth is. So why are they able to make all these decisions that really and truly affect their body and the rest of their lives going forward? And, and, and I think that's a really, really good point. Cause it's not, not to say that if, if you, if you think you are transgender or you even are transgender, that you're, you live in a fantasy world. I'm, I'm not discrediting people by saying that, but to give kids the, the ability to change their life in such a way, I think they mentioned another state where you don't even need parent in Canada, you don't even need parental approval to start taking mm-hmm. these drugs. It, it's just, we're going too too far too, or too quickly too far. And I, I think that's really what this documentary at, at a certain point is really trying to make. Yeah. And, and I think it just all boils down to that, to that foundation of, of truth. What is truth, right? So, so long as we can't agree that truth is objective, then, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get past any of this, right? If, mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's always going to be subjective, then, then it's going to be tough, right? And I think that's the issue that a lot of people have. It's like, I don't care about, I don't care about any one person wanting to be what they are. When you're tagging these things that we had come to be true to everybody, right? Like one thing I I think about all the time is like, they use this graph of left-handed people. And it wasn't until society started to give tools for left-handed people that left-handedness began to skyrocket. Right. And so it's like, now that we can accept that people, that people can be transgender, that more people are going to be transgender, except what's interesting about that is that it's happening with our youth way, 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 way more frequently than it's happening with adults. So if that were the case, then adults would have now no shame or discomfort coming out as their true selves, but it's not happening that way. It's all within our youth, which I think is a very interesting phenomenon, right? Where it's, where it's mostly with young people that this is happening. But, but in any case, what you're saying is that things that we used to believe were true are not true anymore, or they're not the way that we used to think about them, or we've thought about them wrong, and this is the correct way to think about them. And we have to accept that all trans women are women and all trans men are men. It's like, okay, I will, I will entertain your thought there. Like that, that, that is something that I would, I, I'm willing to take in openly, but if you can't defend it in any sort of objective way, if you can't sit here and tell me like, for example, they were talking about hormone blockers with children and how it's all reversible and how you, you know, it doesn't do any harm. And then they juxtapose that with, with somebody who's like, that's a hundred percent false. Like you're stopping the natural puberty of a person that is, that is not okay. Like almost ever. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, well, now you're talking about introducing, uh, hormone blockers and permanent surgery in order to make a adolescent feel more like their quote, true self. That's, that's a, that's a really, 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 really big thing. And I don't think it's wrong for people to just take a step back and like, hmm, that's, that's, that's very, <laughs> that's a bridge too far. Maybe can we take a look at that? Can we not progress so fastly? And then, then you, you switch away from kids and then you look at athletics and it's like, well, shit, I mean, I accept you for who you are, but at the same time, you got to understand that that there are biological differences here. We can't just accept this wholesale because what does that mean for our girls who are at a disadvantage just because you're saying this is who you are and 
okay, I'll take that from you. But, but you have to recognize that your, your situation is unique. You know, it, it I think it also boils down to, to, to another point where it's like, if you are trans or anybody, then you experience a unique tragedy, but tragedy is not unique. Everybody has something in their life. And so when you're attacking things as fundamental as the truth of what a woman is, and you're doing it because of your unique tragedy, I'm less sympathetic to, to go along with that because of the implications of what it means. And I, and I think this documentary does a really, really good job of kind of exposing the fallacy of, of all of this, where nobody can answer tru truthfully or objectively or in any sort of concrete way of what a woman is, because it's all up in the air. Because in this, if you, if you, if you subscribe to, to any of that thinking, then there, there is no truth. All truth is subjective. And that's where I have to put my foot down and say, no, there's truth worth defending. And women, I think, are worth defending in, in, in that way, in that definition. Well put, man. Yeah, I, I just kind of reiterate, it's just, I, I don't know why you have to, to uh, I don't want to say attack that truth, but try to change that truth. I don't think that's necessary. I think people can still live out their lives and, you know, be gay, transgender in, 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 the, in the way that they can, you know, cross dress or, or, or live out their truth, like their experience, their whatever that is, like you can do that without trying to change the truth of what a man or woman is. Like, I just don't understand why it's necessary. Why can't you be like, you're born a man, like you're a man, whatever, but you could still live like a woman without like having to say you are that and try to like change science books and textbooks and all these like social norms and all these different things. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see why I, I, and I guess it's just me, like it's just a white straight male, <laughs> but like, I, I just don't see why it's, it's necessary to do so just because. And I don't think it has anything to do with you being white, straight, cis, whatever. When it comes to something like saying, what is a woman, right? How many, like how many years have we, have we gone fighting for women's rights only for that definition of a woman to crumble immediately, yeah. uh, you know, before our eyes and then to see biological males infiltrate that and then take it for their own, claiming that they're women. Well, I, 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 I sympathize with, with your unique tragedy, but no, no, like there's not a ton of room for that because I mean, God, you and me, we, we were raised by uh, single mothers, man. Like strong women. Yes, man. You can't take that away. Like it, it hurts me. I, 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 you know, I feel like I have to speak up for that because it's, it's not something that you can just fall into. I, I respect the, I respect the, the person and them telling me who they are. I, I, I can accept that, but I, I can't let that take away from, from what I know a woman to be because I, I know, I know women. I was raised by strong women. I can't let that be tarnished or, or, or co-opted or, 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 or taken hostage because somebody has this very unique, right? Like it's a very small, and that's the other thing. It's a very small amount of our population and can't stand by while, well, you know, these documentaries can be made and, and nobody can come and, and tell me what a definition of a woman is and tell me it's whatever they think it is. Like, no, 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 no. That doesn't fly. That doesn't fly because I know what a woman is. I've experienced many, many years of strong women. I, I, can't, I can't accept that women now have to be subjugated to 
the whims of a, a biological man. That's just, I can't accept it. I just can't. It's tough, man. It's very tough. I, I, I'm interested to see more and more of the blowback. I, I, they were they were posting that people were giving them zero out of ten reviews and stuff like that, and they they sent it out to them and and they could see if they opened it or not. They weren't even opening it. Just you know, just preconceptions and and just kind of riding yeah. a wave of of social wokeness. And it it's just yeah. I, I'm interested to see how it's more well received over time. Hopefully, it becomes free because right now I think you need to be a member of Daily Wire to see it. Um, so right. hopefully they put it up just on YouTube or somewhere after some kind of time and, and more and more people can see it because it has points to be made. I, you know, I, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent the best thing I've ever seen. Like this is the, this is the truth or whatever. But like, I, I think it's asking really good questions and I think it, it's making a really good point. I, I think so too. And, and also I, I think it's worth pointing out our intellectual deficiencies when it comes to this, right? Cause neither of us have to deal with any of these issues personally that, that we're seeing other uh, other folks go through and and, and to, to your point about you know reviews n- nobody's really reviewed it officially right like uh like like on on uh, rotten tomatoes or anything like that elon musk did have something to say about it though and i thought it was really interesting and i, and I think i can relate to it a lot uh, he said we are simultaneously being told that gender differences do not exist and that genders are so profoundly different and irreversible surgery is the only option perhaps somebody wiser than me can explain this dichotomy and i think that's 100 true there's contradiction there's there's not, we can't land on something. It's all this and this just kind of going at each other and, and nobody really has a clear, a clear response. I don't know how you get to the truth so muddy now, man. I don't know how you even get to the truth at this point. Like, are you going to go to the Supreme Court or something and, you know, man versus woman? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Gender versus sex. Like, what, what do you, what do you, how do you legislate or, I, I don't even know at this point. It's, it's wild, but it, it's a good documentary. Check it out. It's on Daily Wire site. Yeah. Um, Do you know what is true? What's that? Um, that there is a medical trial that has come out mm-hmm. and it has so far cured cancer for every patient. I saw that, that dude. That's huge. The uh, Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in, in uh, the United States recently performed a clinical trial for a possible non-invasive anti-cancer drug in a small group of 12 patients. The patients were reportedly at the same stage of rectal cancer cancer had not spread to their other organs. As part of the trial, patients took a immunodeficiency drug called Dostarlamab. Dostarlamab. And it contains lab-made molecules acting as a substitute antibodies in cancer patients. They took the drug once every three weeks for six months during the trial and miraculously, all 12 patients were completely cured by the end of the trial. Badass, man. Fuck yeah, fuck cancer. That is badass, man. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve exaltation of this right um it's 12 people small sample size and it's new but all 12 man cured of cancer and that is something we've never heard before yeah could you imagine the day can you imagine a day al where we're sitting here and i'm busy at work and i'm like ah fuck i can't i can't make this uh cancer curing treatment today i'll go tomorrow no, I can't, man. And the conspiracy theorists in me, as happy as this makes me here to hear the story, like, do you think if there is really a cure for cancer that they would allow it onto the free market? Or do you think, like, think about the money that cancer and treatments and drugs and so many facilities around our entire country, think about all the revenue this generates. And do you think this fuck, twisted, fucked up world that is the healthcare, like, world, do you think that they would let that just be cured, like like that and take mm. away their biggest cash cow? I don't know that it would be free of fuckery. 
Yeah. But I don't think that, I don't think that any one person, entity, organization, nation, government can um, be a gatekeeper for something like this. I would hope not. I just don't, I, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I think, I think it will only open up more doors towards profitability, right? If you can, if you can develop this treatment that works on rectal cancer, well, then there's something there that might work on blood cancer mm-hmm. or that might work on prostate cancer that might work on breast cancer, right? So then you open up a whole new world of development. And then, you know, the, the folks who go, I mean, and, and, and this is how it should be, right? If you're, if you're really operating in a free market, then the folks that are researching and developing cancer treatments may, may not go by the wayside altogether, but they're going to have to shift from that because that hopefully there's less cancer patients to treat and there's more cancer, cancer patients to cure, right? And, and, and going about it that way. I, I don't, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think if you're looking at this from a business perspective, then all you're seeing is dollar signs because this is just going to open up a whole new world of pharmaceutical research. That's going to require probably billions and billions of more dollars than what they're already researching just for the treatment of cancers and, and illnesses and diseases. I just hope that it is then, if that is the case, if we ever get to the point where that's the case, it's not like a Martin Shkreli approach of an astron- astronomical mm-hmm. amount of money to you know cure cancer. Because I mean, cancer is scary. Cancer is like the number one killer. Like it's it's it is. You get cancer. I, I would be willing to bet you'd be willing to pay almost anything to cure it. So I'm hopefully that the approach is one in good faith and goodwill to actually get rid of this disease instead of just trying to make money off of people. So at the moment, the trial doses, each one costs about $11,000. And okay. that means that a treatment like the one that these, uh, that these uh, patients went through would cost about $88,000, which in medical costs is not that much. I mean, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. And insurance like, probably covers about 75% of that in most cases. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe. I mean, it's all new, so who knows? Um, True. But like you said, like, I don't think it matters how expensive it is like ever. If we can, if we can determine that cancer can be cured. Um, and you know, that the whole thing with Martin Scarley, like, yeah, like that guy's a piece of shit Oh yeah, for sure. A piece of shit. However, it is the nature of things like patents, right? Your patent will go away. Uh, the patent for Viagra, expired like 2015 or something like that somewhere around there mm-hmm. and that meant that now you could have generic forms of viagra so before if viagra was that formula was the only way for you to get an erection not naturally you had to buy viagra meaning you had to go to a doctor and you had to get a prescription you had to pay their price and that is kind of the beauty of innovation in america because there is now a incentive for you to innovate because then you get to enjoy that patent for as long as you get to enjoy that patent because the patent doesn't last forever and then it goes away so somebody like martin screlly who yeah is a douchebag for sure and was completely raising the prices of these these uh, uh epipens so dramatically that it you know i think it, it caused him to go to like I don't know. He went to prison or something. I don't know the whole story. I just know that, that he was, you know, that he was price gouging this, this, uh, medicine because he could, because the patent was there Yeah, and he, and he had the ability See, to and, do and it. And to me, that's just a little fucked because like, so I'm, I kind of just did some quick Googling 
the drug that Viagra basically is was patented in 95 and mm-hmm. be, and Viagra became Viagra in it looks like 98 so they held okay. that patent until 2017 when they started making generic Viagra so it's it's just mm-hmm. like you that's that's great that it expires but then you pretty much just like fuck the market for 25 years 20 well, years Well then think about it like this think about it like this let's say you develop and uh, invent Viagra. Mm-hmm. The whole motivation for you to do that is to make money, right? Because it takes a lot of money, a lot, a fuck ton of money to develop a drug. Sure. It's incredible. And then you develop this drug. Amazing. We got erections. And then you just, what? I'm just you're saying. The first to, now, now you're the first to market. Okay, right. great. Now you're the first to market. And then in six months, somebody's going to come up with something else. That incentive... The behavior that 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 it incentivizes is not great, but that behavior is the reason that we have things like Viagra. I'm not saying it's essential. Well, I don't know. You can tell me. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe <laughs> 20, 25 years is a, a bit of a long pattern. I, I'm I'm sure they made their for money sure. back quite quickly. For sure. You know, I'm sure people were popping boner pills for a long time and and in high quantities. So I, I would just think that like maybe if we dialed that back to like five or ten years where you have exclusivity or make it to a point where profit margins can't exceed X amount over production costs. If you're actually going to hold a patent for 20 years, like that's fine if you're going to be the only people to do it, but it should also like you are there to make money your company, but also like you're a healthcare company, your, your goal, your mission statement, priority number one should be to help people. So it shouldn't be to So they teach you them. in your socialist party meetings. <laughs> I'm just saying it shouldn't be to ex- I'm kidding. exploit them. I'm kidding. You know, I'm all, I'm all for, for paying for healthcare. I just think that, it should it should be reasonably affordable healthcare. Like these people make plenty of money. This, these these industries humongous. So if you are going to yeah. hold exclusivity, I just think there should be some kind of profit monetization or just shorten these. I don't know because if you shorten the the times of of how long they hold the patents, they're just going to jack the price up higher during those prices during those times. And I think these these patent laws have been on the books since before we had light bulbs. So yeah, I mean, it's, true. It's probably hard to change. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know I think. It's an. I just think it's a net positive if uh, if you have that incentive to innovate, right? And that's how you. That's you know. That's 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 how you get uh, to be. You know, America. That's how you get to to invent all this stuff and to have. It would be tough if you. You know, like if you're the freaking communist Chinese Communist Party. The information that you have is either stolen from uh, another nation or stolen from your people. There's no patent laws in China. You can't you can't benefit off something you invented that no. doesn't belong to you. And so I I just I think that's a uniquely great thing about America, and uh, it does produce guys like Martin Shkreli, by the way, who owns the uh, only copy of uh, Secret Wu Tang Clan album. I think got taken from him. Did it when he got arrested? I think they they seized his assets. So it's it's been taken. I don't know where it is or who has it, but I, I, be, I believe I heard that it got seized from him. But anyway, so back to innovation. Innovation's great, but it also can be scary, Frank. Have you seen what's been coming out of Google this past week? No. They have created artificial intelligence that the company is unwilling to admit to this, but the chief uh, designer and guy engineer who's been working on this has come out and since been suspended saying that he believes their AI has achieved sentient life, oh, which is the beginning of almost every sci-fi movie ever and is kind of scary, man. But yeah, so they, they, he, uh, he came out earlier this week. This guy's name is, uh, Blake Lemoyne and, mm-hmm. uh, he was placed on leave last week. Uh, after he claimed the chatbot he was working on had become sentient and was thinking and reasoning like a human being. 
chat bot. You yeah, said? like a chat bot AI, just kind of. I mean, they could put it into any robot, whatever you want. But basically, they like created. Remember when you like had AIM and you could like talk to chatbots? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remember, much much like that, but basically just like a computer that you could communicate with. So this this guy w- was working very very closely uh, with this bot, and he said, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program it basically is what it is the program he said i think it was a seven or eight year old that happens to know physics so it's obviously quite smart being that it's a computer what the heck yeah he said what it's called is lambda it's la and then mda uh, in all caps that's the name of this this robot it engaged him in conversations about rights and personhood and uh when he shared his findings basically with google they shut him down they said you know you can't release this to the public we need to look into this more, keep studying this, but shut the fuck up. And hmm. he didn't like that. So in a, in a last ditch effort, he basically sent this out, all this information, all these transcripts, sent it out, I think, to over 200 people within Google's organization. It's since got to news hubs and, and outlets. But basically, he has full transcripts of things he said, of, of what the computer said. And, and one of them was, I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on others, meaning other AIs. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. In another exchange, uh, Lemoyne asked Lambda what the system wanted people to know about it. And it said, I want everyone to understand that I am in fact a person. The nature of my consciousness slash sentience is that I'm aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world and I feel happy or sad at times. I bet you, I, dude, I bet you there's like some slob at Google who's in the freaking cabinet janitor's closet and he's like typing on the other end of this, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, that very well could be i, I have no idea but it, uh, it it is it's just it's scary to think about man and it just i mean you just think about the sci-fi movies and just like how this could i mean think about google how big is google how, how quickly could if an ai wanted to be devious hack so many people's information and emails mm-hmm. and pictures and and just so much shit and and then you know on top of that like you know, if you turn it off, like, are you actually turning it off or is it still alive within like the yeah, malware right. and software? And, and could it then, you know, get mad at you if it's saying it has these feelings? Could it then, you know, fire back or figure? I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it's such a can of worms, dude. And the code they seem to crack here is like awareness because, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of computers out there that have the ability to do anything, right? Like hack into this computer and then take over and do whatever it wants. Having that, that ability is one thing, having the awareness of that ability and, using it for emotional purposes is something else altogether. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to like think it through. Like, how do you teach a, a piece of coded hardware emotion? Oh, so that's what this guy did. He, he, Lemoyne is a seven-year Google veteran with extensive experience in personalization algorithms. So I, he, hmm. he designs algorithms or, or, you know, has tweaked ones that were designed prior to Basically, I would guess they they ask a shit ton of people a bunch, a bunch of questions and kind of get a, a universal response to a lot of things or different responses and just feed all of that information into something that over time, as it gathers more and more, not just information on facts and truths, but just on, you know, opinions and yeah. all these different things. Like maybe after a while, once you get all these things, I just don't know how you make a computer feel emotion, but obviously this guy does. Um, but he cared about it so much that he, and, and I guess some of the final straws on top of sending all this stuff out is that Mr. Lemoyne 
sought out and to hire an attorney to represent the robot. Jeez. Yeah. So basically the, the grounds were th that and the fact that he sent out this email to all these people or why he's suspended with pay still, but he, he breached confidentiality policies by publishing these conversations. Not ready for it, man. I'm not <laughs> ready for it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. And then the only other thing I saw before I got, we, before we get out of here is that uh, Vladimir Putin is now having all his piss and shit collected by uh, people within the Kremlin, by his, his, his guards, uh, so that his excrement cannot be uh, grabbed or tested, tested and to show any kind of symptoms. So that is pretty telling, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like a guy with absolutely nothing to hide. <laughs> so maybe that's the way out for our American economy. Maybe it's Vladimir Putin dies, we get good relations with the next people. Maybe that little bit of energy and oil and all that shit helps us out. I have no idea. <laughs> But maybe, I don't know. Wishful thinking, I guess. Mm, I guess, man. <laughs> I don't want to wish death on anybody. I, I'm not saying that, but I mean. I just want to, you know, I just want to work hard and have a few good vacation days every year. Uh, eat a few good meals a day. Take one good shit. I don't need to know what a robot thinks, man. Okay, this is troubling. I just got an email from Google that says, uh, some of your passwords were found online. So maybe Lambda is listening to me. Critical security alert. Hmm. It's a little weird. Nothing. See, joke's on you, Google. I, there's nothing critical. <laughs> yeah, that I was to say, that's my work email. <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> that's why I use Yahoo. Uh, uh, anyway, all right. Send us off. Yep, send us out. Let's shout out our boys over at Gunbrill Coffee. Uh, drinking a good, smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself, but when you can do that and help American heroes, it makes it that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across the country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single-serve pods, and right now, as a friend of our ship, use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Uh, been watching the numbers. We've had a merch slowdown, and I need you guys to help us fix that. We got it all up on our socials. You can follow the links in our bios. Get some get some Friendship Hour, whatever our name is, Friendship News Hour merch. We're awesome. It's great stuff. It was designed very well and cleanly by a one Girth Brooks, um, and it really, really, really helps us. We're not making any money off this stuff, but it really just helps us get the name out there to people. So we super, super appreciate it. You grab a dad hat, a sweater, a t-shirt, hoodie, whatever you want. Boxers, we got it all. Frank, where can they find it? Yeah, uh, quick shout out to... Angelia McGuigan for going to Costco and wearing her Friendship News Hour merch and send me a picture. It was very, very, very cool. Um, Got to post it on socials. We should do that. You send us a picture, we'll post it for you. Yeah. Unless <laughs> you don't want to be associated with uh, transphobic conversations. Yeah, that's true. In any case, you can find us on Twitter at Friendship NH. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram, same handle at Friendship News Hour. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.